This episode is brought to you by Columbia Care. Recently, we've been trying out Platinum CBD from Columbia Care. Columbia Care have brought their expertise in CBD from the US to create a sophisticated CBD wellness range for the UK, including both peppermint and unflavored CBD oil, as well as easy to take soft gel capsules. All of the range is free from THC, is vegan friendly and 100% organic and backed with scientific research to ensure you get a premium CBD product every time. CBD can help with sleep, pain, anxiety, mood, inflammation, gut issues, brain fog, and so much more. And it's really simple. You can either drop the required dose of CBD oil on your tongue and hold for 30 seconds, or take one soft gel CBD capsule at a time of day that suits you. Yes, and I find I'm most anxious at bedtime, so I've been taking it then. The instruction card is so easy to follow and highlights that there aren't set rules. You can take this in the dosage and time that works for you and your lifestyle. So use code BOOKRECOS20 for 20% offline at col-care.uk. That's BOOKRECOS20 at col-care.uk. Welcome to BOOKRECOS Between the Pages. I'm Jess and I'm Lauren and we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And welcome to the Great British Book Off! Oh, I feel like they'll feel though. Like most of the nation, we are delighted that Bake Off is back on our screens and we look forward to Tuesday every week. So I've come up with a Bake Off theme challenge for us today. Yes, there will be the usual signature, technical and showstopper challenges, but turned bookish. Welcome to the tent, Lauren. Oh boy, I knew you were excited about your idea, but I don't know if I'm ready for this level of enthusiasm. You are going the wrong way about getting a handshake, my friend. (laughs) Well, I might be anyways, as I... Might not have got your rules right for this challenge. I think what I WhatsApp to you is quite self-explanatory. So I hope you've prepped your books and you've done your homework and that you've come ready to play and bring your best fake slash books. Oh, I have. Don't you worry. Good. I. Okay. So after some extensive Googling, I wanted to define exactly what each challenge was. Oh, yeah. Um, let's get right into the brief of it. I love it. Yeah. We, we need to get this right if mm-hmm. we're going to win Bake Off. So the signature bake is all about bakers showing off their tried and tested recipes, but it allows the judges and the viewers at home to find out about the contestants' personalities, creative flair and baking ability. So I want us to pay close attention to that personalities bit. And this first round is a favourite book character. I did not know that we were getting so much just from the signature bake. Do you know what I mean? Personalities and all mm, sorts. I've realized my sister always tells me to go and bake off and I keep telling her I can't because every week my flavor will just be chocolate. That's very my whole true. But they're there with like their cardamom and all these things. Chocolate like, is a personality for you to be fair. It really is everything I am. And I'd be like, so this, um, you wanted me to make a meat pie? Well, this is a chocolate pie. <laughs> Doing a little twist. Yeah. Anyway. Your, your character, Lauren, will you take us away? Who okay, so this, of all the categories, this was the toughest one for me to answer because 
I was just really torn between a few options. Like, do I go old school? Do I keep it to a book that I've read this year? Or do I just go all time fave? So I've gone all time fave and it's a character from a book I don't stop banging on about. And no, it's not Season in the Snow. I genuinely did think, <laughs> is she really going to, is she going to do a Season Is she really going to go there? Um, but no, it's Lynn from Shantaram by we Gregory do- Roberts. I mean, this must be like, what, the sixth time we've talked about Shantaram on the pod? I do bang on about him a fair bit. And I'm about to show you why. Please Um, do. So, basically, the main character is called Lin. And, by the way, we never actually find out if that is his real name. He just goes by a number of different aliases. But he's... Um, and I think because we never find out that his real what his real name is, there is just like this air of um, I don't know, like a bit of mystery around him. And he's just got such strong main character energy. He like just goes by so many different aliases, um, which I love. He also has like such a transformation throughout the book in terms of his life and his personalities and like what he does and what he brings to the plot. He brings the plot. He like makes it all. Um, I mean, the book is about him. So yeah. Totes. Yeah. I mean, like he's allowed to do that. Right. And it is semi-autobiographical as well, which also makes it even, even better. But like in terms of what, like his experience in the book, he like starts as an escaped criminal from prison. And I think if I remember correctly, he's there for armed robbery because of his drug addiction. So we already assume at this point, he's a bit of a baddie. He's a bit of a villain. He's not a very nice guy, but then he escapes prison, which in itself is just fucking cool. Like that he did that in real life and in the book and he goes to India and he lives in a slum and when he's in the slum he like gets like this 180 personality change and he just starts helping all of the people in the slums and like adopts the role of like resident doctor and then he's like Mr. Nice Guy he's literally saving lives he's a doctor you can't hate a doctor and then at one point he falls in love so you start to see this like really tender side to him and then also like just really cash joins the mafia at one point and also is a bit of a baddie again like goes back to his roots you know so overall I just think he's a solid guy he loves you know quoting philosophy and he's a great friend he's really reliable and yeah, if you haven't already guessed it, I'm a little bit in love with him. Um, just don't Google him, anybody, because you won't. No, and I, I Googled him after you said that. And I watched a few YouTube videos and I was like, he's not that bad looking. But he's not how he is in my head, you know? Right. In my head, he's so much better. Right. So um, just I just I just don't want anyone else to come under that same fate if you are in love with him like I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, that is my favorite character that is my signature bake um how do you feel about that did it meet the brief i you met the brief well done excellent work um you are wrong because from my reading experience of shantaram the best character is prabaka i fucking love him fucking (laughs) he's a legend he's He's so cute absolute legend i love him so much and i really like didier as well and i really love um is it Cara or Clara? Carla. Carla, sorry, yeah. I don't um, feel that way about Carla, you know. I really like her. I think she's quite poetic. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, well done. Thank you. Good signature um, bake. So, Jessica, what character are you putting forward for this signature book off challenge? This is very tricky because um, in every episode, I'm pretty sure I've said they're such a great protagonist. <laughs> and therefore I'm, I'm, I fall deeply in love and form really close friendships with a lot of fictional characters. Oh, like, we love it. Obviously so, so many popped into my head. I've talked about Becky Bloomwood multiple times. <laughs> Hugo's yeah. up there. Like there's so many, but I was like, do you know what? One that really stuck in my head and stayed there and is everything I aspire to be is Anne of Green Gables. She is the OG drama queen. <laughs> when she's happy, she is like on top of the world and she feels it so much. And when she's mad, it's like the end of the world. And I just love her for it. And so to prove my point and win the signature challenge, <laughs> I've brought along some of my favorite Anne quotes. There's a lot. Ooh. I've managed to narrow them down. So Go we've got it. them for a few different types of Anne. One of my okay, favorite quotes of her is about that she has lots of different types of Anne's within her. <laughs> but that's not one of them so here she is being um super dramatic and cynical and we love her for it she says i can't i'm in the depths of despair can you eat when you're in the depths of despair and she's like it's really not a big deal what she's stressed about <laughs> like, she just goes from zero to 100 so quick we love it <laughs> no um, in between yeah here she is making me want to be a better and like more positive person Oh, it's delightful to have ambitions. I'm so glad I have such a lot. And there never seems to be any end to them. That's the best of it. Just as soon as you attain to one ambition, you see another one glittering higher up still. It does make life so interesting. Oh, God, she seems a bit of a... She seems hard work. But when you read it, you'll be like... <laughs> I just want to be her. She just has okay. the best outlook on life. She makes me want to be Fair better enough. Can't fool her be for happy. it. Yeah. Um, this next one is her being so wonderfully inquisitive. Again, <laughs> I would I would love quite like to be honest. Isn't it splendid to think of all the things there are to find out about? It just makes me feel glad to be alive. It's such an interesting world. It wouldn't be half so interesting if we know all about everything, would it? No, Anne, you're right. You can always learn more. Thanks for the reminder. And I'd like to leave us off with this final one of her being the sassy style queen that we all want to be. She, she says, it is ever so much easier to be good if your clothes are fashionable. Preach. Oh my Thank God, you, yeah. Talking to my soul right there, Anne. She's a queen. We love her. She says whilst wearing yoga leggings and a baggy jumper. <laughs> Lauren, I'm actually in the exact same. I'm going to stand up and show you on Zoom. <laughs> Aren't we surprised though? We literally live no. our lives in this. No. I'm not even wearing a bra today. I haven't worn a bra in two years. Pre-pandemic, <sighs> longer pre-pandemic, I wasn't wearing one. <laughs> yeah, um, fair, you were you set that trend. And sounds great. If <laughs> maybe a little bit energetically draining to be around. Can't no. fault her. She's great. 10 out of 10. Well done. Good human. Yeah. And we love you. Thank you for being my signature book off challenge. Mm-hmm. On to the technical. Can I just pause you there for a moment and just take us back in time about uh, 15 years? Well, that took me a long time to figure out. When we went to see Anna Green Gables at the theatre. That was so and good. We 
still regularly talk about this quite a lot and quote from it quite a lot. Yes, we're each other's bosom bosom friends. (laughs) Yeah, when she read it in the book, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Good times. And I remember we went in our... We both agreed we would wear our ballet character shoes. Oh my god! To pretend to be high mums. heels. Oh my god! So we could pretend we were wearing high heels, and we didn't tell our mums. But then character shoes, I'm guessing, were quite expensive. They're not mm. for wearing about on. They're not for out- They're not outdoor shoes. They're not outdoor shoes. They're fabric sold. Um, so I got in trouble afterwards. My mum, we went with your family. So that was quite a risky move from you. But obviously my mum never found out because I am the golden child. (laughs) Brilliant. Right. Technical. So where are we going for the fun ends here? Okay. So (laughs) the description that I found for the technical is the bakers don't know what it will be. So they cannot prepare. The recipes have either limited or minimal instructions, forcing the bakers to use their intuition and technical knowledge. So true. Again, when my sister's like, you should go and bake off. I'm like, Daisy, it says make a mango custard. And why I don't know how to do that. Always, why do they always <laughs> act so surprised when it says um, make, make the dough or bake? <laughs> They're always like, they always act so surprised. Like, guys, it's been like this. Since the beginning, why are you surprised every week when it just tells you to bake? Do you know what? I feel the same way every year when all their cakes are melting because there's a heat wave. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens if you film in a fucking tent in the summer. Cop on. When we had that hot sunny day earlier in the year, I was like, (laughs) I wonder how the bakers are doing today because I knew they'd be filming. I'm pretty sure we were together in... um... Oh, were we? (laughs) We were in the park together in Finsbury Park or somewhere. And I remember you, are, you saying that. That's really hot. I think about them all year round. You do. Um, and rightly so, because it is a treasure. Um, such a treasure. Anyway, technical. Technicals. What yeah. I want for us to do for the technical challenge is um, to bring a book that made you think. And I don't mean yeah. that in the sense of you really had to concentrate hard to read it. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thought provoking, opened your mind. Like, yeah. yeah? Have you got your book yeah, ready? I'm with you. I've got my book ready. Technical yeah. challenge is always the part of Bake Off. I just get very tense for. I feel I feel really anxious for them. I should probably mm-hmm. pop some CBD next time when they're on screen. Good one. Little life hack there. So for my technical challenge, I'm choosing a book I've read this year, and it's actually been nominated for the Booker Prize. And I can totally see why, because it's a book that makes you think and it's just really unique. And it's Clara and the Sun by Kazu Ishiguro. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've I've talked about this one on the podcast yet. No. No, no I don't think I have. No. So I'll drop the snop. Oh, if you would. Um, Thanks so much. <laughs> Clara is an artificial friend or an AF as they're called with outstanding observational qualities, which enable her to carefully observe human behaviors from her place in the AF store window as she awaits a teen to select her. Josie is a 13 year old in search of her AF with her mother. And when they meet Clara, the fit is almost too good to be true. That sounds so good. That's not what I thought the book was about. This sounds like a dystopian read I would love. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And it gets you thinking, Jess, let me tell you. It is like, I'm a big fan of Ishiguro's 
books and I wrote my dissertation on Never Let Me Go whilst I was at uni. So I already re- like already know what his writing style is like and it's much more like scene setting. They're not fast books at all. It's all about like the small details, which I personally really love, but I put off reading this book for quite a while because so many, it was getting like mixed reviews, you know? Yeah, but and- I remember being nervous for you because I'd seen mixed yeah. reviews and I was like, oh, I know Lauren really loves this author. I really <laughs> want her to like this book. <laughs> Well, I really loved it. Um, And I'm picking it for my technical because it was basically like reading an episode of Black Mirror. Um, So as you can tell, like artificial friends, AFs, he's kind of suggesting like a new version of reality, which we are probably all heading towards where machines play more of an integral role in our lives than they are already, um, be it through... AR, VR, robots, whatever. And he's like challenging us to like stop and think how we feel about that kind of future. So it's set in an unknown future. We don't know what year it is, but you know, it's pretty standard for teenagers once they get to a certain age of like 13 to 14, they have these AFs to help them and like help them with their like study, their independence, and they become like, they're like besties, Mm -hmm. but they're not real people. Um, So he's tackling like big moral and ethical questions And he's also within this storyline, particularly asking us to like consider what love means and like what it is to be in love from a perspective of machines and humans. It's just it's it's really, really interesting. And it had me thinking a lot. That does sound good. It sounds like a good technical. And I'm not sure if it still is, but it was. the audio was free on Spotify for a while. Oh, we love. Yeah. So check it out if it's oh, still there. Good. good record. Good record. So same question to you. What book are you dishing up for your technical? I am choosing a book that I still think about daily. I read it in Ooh. end of Feb. It's now nearly November and I'm still thinking about it all the time. And that is The Gender Games by Juno Dawson. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember. Good. Um, So it tells the story of her transition from James to Juno. But alongside that, uh, it reinforces that while sex is scientific, gender is the socially constructed ideas assigned to each sex. Mm -hmm. And she comments on society, pointing out all that is very much wrong with it and an incredibly witty and engaging way and it's just fantastic my first book by Juno was her retelling of Alice in Wonderland which is called Wonderland where Alice is a trans girl and I was it is a trip like it is Mm. a crazy book but I remember being like god this is so great and it's like I know she's um, written quite a lot of non-fiction I want to dive into that nice and for anyone else feeling the same, I haven't read any of her other nonfiction. I very much plan to because I love this one so much. But The Gender Games is just absolutely phenomenal. She writes it. It feels like you're chatting with a friend, which is how I always love nonfiction to be. It's so much easier to engage with. Um, and it's just so thought provoking. 
a few bits that like I remember read when I read it at the time I just kept thinking about it. and every conversation I had with anyone I'd like bring it up to discuss with them um so I thought I'd just highlight a few of them um why before a child is born are we so obsessed with gender mm. and since reading this book every time I see a gender reveal video on social media I cringe and I just think oh god <laughs> like you've gone so much effort to just like reveal the gender of your baby and they might actually not conform not to that gender and that. Yeah. and and just the fact of the whole pink and blue like <laughs> why mm. was I know that like that's pink and, you know it's just an easy way to identify the differences but at some point I'm sure yeah. that will change and that like you know uh gen z good old gen z will be able to mm-hmm. make changes that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I saw a gender reveal recently from someone that I follow who is expecting twins and they like popped party poppers and instead of you know what you might traditionally associate they use purple and yellow nice yeah nice I mean they still did a gender reveal yeah (laughs) um another thing she talks about is um Mm. how toys for girls are pink and they promote nurturing like they're ironing so fucked up and things and that the science kits will be stocked in the and I quote boys Boys section section of the toy store and there was one anecdote that um I was trying to find it in the book before this but I couldn't remember find what page it was um but she talks about lego friends which is essentially Mm. lego but it's all pink and girly and like there was an airport so you like you build an airport out of lego but because it was lego friends it was like all pink (laughs) she was like why does an airport need to be pink it's an airport like (laughs) you've already got an airport one in the boys Boys, section yeah the girls can make it too and it's just so bizarre isn't it but it also just opens your eyes up to just how much conditioning social conditioning you're putting onto a child from the second they are born and then you then we look at you know how many problems we have in the workplace from women and men's experience in the workplace but we're just creating those problems from birth because we're not creating flexible um fluid expressions of gender yeah I've just picked up the book and the back of it the like middle paragraph I'm going to read it kind of summarizes what you just said it says gender isn't just screwing over trans people it's messing with everyone from little Mm -hmm. girls who think they can't be doctors to teenagers who come to expect street harassment from exclusionist feminists to alt-right young men from men who can't cry to the women who think they shouldn't like that in itself like they, I mean the expectations of women are mad but then the, you know having to be a big strong man and like yeah be a man, and can't cry man and can't be and, vulnerable yeah and the fact that she Heard. transitioned from man to woman when she was a man um she identified as gay and she felt like she had to be super muscly and grow a beard Mm. to be a manly man and then when she transitioned to a woman she was like right I need to lose those shoulders that I built because I need to be little and And tiny like a woman yeah and it's like no you can like she makes such a good case for everyone just being more accepting and like changing the narrative and it's 
Yeah. Like I said, it's really easy to read because of her style of writing. And it's just so thought provoking. This is the technical of all technicals. Please read it if you haven't. It's a high record for me. It's in my top 10 of this year for sure. I really want to read it. Um, I think I think you've outdone yourself with that technical. Thank you so much, Lauren. Okay. The showstopper. I mean, this one does kind of speak for itself. It's got to look good. It's got to taste delicious. It's going to take you hours to bake. um, And it's got to, you know, stop the show, (laughs) leave you in awe. So Lauren, what is a book that stopped you in its tracks? It's a book that I almost didn't read. And it is one that I've read quite recently. And again, it's been listed for the Booker Prize and it's Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. And in true showstopper style, it's a beast. It took me, it took me hours to get through because um, it's a chunky old book. And again, I haven't mentioned this one on the podcast yet. So I'm going to just drop the snot for you. And it's about Marion Graves, who is a dare, who has been a daredevil all her life, from her wild childhood disguising herself as a boy and a bootlegger in Montana to her daring wartime Spitfire missions. In 1950, she sets off for her ultimate adventure, the Great Circle, a flight around the globe. She is never seen again. Half a century later, Hadley Baxter, a Hollywood actress always mixed up in a scandal, is irresistibly drawn to play Marion Graves in the film adaptation of her diary entries this role will lead her to uncover the real mystery behind the vanished plot that sounds so good too oh my god oh my god so So, uh my manager lent me this book and the way she described it I was kind of like not really sure if it's for me but she was like Lauren hands down it's the best book I've read this year and in a long time so I was like do you know what I'll give it a go I trust her opinion so I did and thank god I did because it was just one of those books where at first I was like a little bit overwhelmed and intimidated intimidated by its 600 pages but once you're in the rhythm of it you're like I was just like oh my god I just don't want it to end like I just want more and more of this storyline Marion Graves is just such a fucking G like from her like from as a kid almost like along the theme that you were just saying in gender is it gender games gender games yeah um when Marion was a kid like she didn't want to wear girls clothes or do or play with any of the girls who were only obsessed with like makeup and pretty dresses she was always playing with her brother and um her brother's friend Caleb who would like run around in the forests with bare feet and she was obsessed with airplanes and Um, horse riding and was more adventurous than her brother and her brother is much more sensitive he was he loved art and he loved drawing and like you know being in nature so actually it's a perfect book to follow on from gender games because it does subvert and it's based in like um she was a kid probably in the 1930s so very rare for her time she would dress up as a boy and make um, money as a bootlegger so she could save for um, pilot lessons pilot lessons is that right plane yeah, lessons. makes sense flying lessons um, and she just flying lessons that's it and she just became obsessed with planes and eventually um, she worked she um, 
joined it's not the RAF but helped within the the war effort to fly fly planes with um with you know essential goods from one place to the other and it's all about her mission to want to be one of the greatest flyers of all time and she like she's just so cool she just like in she explains how like within the time these women pilots were expected to take photos for the press but they'd be they'd have perfect hair and these like sexy outfits and they'd be like applying their lipstick in the photo behind a steering wheel and she was like fuck that I don't want that like I, I never wear lipstick I only ever wear trousers so she refused to do any of those things that society wanted her to do to be accepting as a pilot um Oh, it's just so cool. And that's not even half of the plot. Like the plot is just juicy. There is so much going on. It flips back from present day to, uh, it goes back and forth. So dual timelines, uh, dual narratives, tick, tick. And uh, it's just so engrossing. I didn't want to put it down. Love that. Love that for you. Love that. <laughs> Sounds like a great book. I um, can't believe you've chosen to. <laughs> two books off the Booker Prize list I know strong contenders from the, for the Booker Prize I was just thinking then that I'm pretty sure um the day that this episode releases I can't remember what the date will be like the second or third of November or whatever but that's when they announce the winner of the Booker Prize oh so I can't remember the exact date that they announce it but it's definitely like the, in the first few days of November um, amazing so well, because maybe of one that- of these two will win Totally. Because of that, I've now started looking into other books on the Booker Prize list that potentially you and I could buddy read together because I'm like, strong standards, strong standards. Yeah, very good. And we've and just we've... been sent China Room by Penguin. Yes, correct. Yes, so that actually, sounds like brilliant. The day. Um, and like we read loads from the Women's Prize, but we didn't really delve into the Booker Prize the same As way. Much. But well yeah, done, there Lauren, are a couple for doing that, that are in both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking that one for the team. Yeah, pleasure. So tell me, I want to hear about your showstopper now, Jess. Okay. Again, I feel like I've talked about quite a few shows, like pick books that are in the running for my showstopper. But there is one book that I have been dying to talk about on the podcast and haven't found an opportunity yet, and it Mm. was a showstopper for me. It's one that was, I I was very interested in reading it, but just left it sat on my shelf for ages. And then when I did pick it up, I was like. Jess, you twat. Why haven't you read this sooner? <laughs> this is amazing. Twat. <laughs> it's what a showstopper. <laughs> and it is Love After Love by Ingrid Persaud. And it's so good. It is, um, I'll drop this not. It's about um, a lady called Betty. And after her husband dies, she invites her colleague, Mr. Chaitan, to move in with her and her son, Solo. And they're an unconventional family, like self-built kind of family, but they are deeply loving. And after Solo learns a secret, he flees Trinidad for New York. And the family is sort of held together by Mr. Chaitan, who is like the thread between mother and son. And it's just so, so gorgeous. Again, I got the book off my shelf and on the back of it, it summarizes it so beautifully in one line. It says, Forced through loneliness, broken by secrets, saved by love. Ah, and it's just stunning. Um, and I also I love actually, the name Solo. What a cool name! So great. 
And I was actually thinking about Mr. Chetan as my um, signature challenge because he is a marvellous character. He takes on Solo as though he's his own son. And he's just like super brave, super caring, super kind. We love him. (laughs) And each character is facing their own internal battles throughout the whole book. So there are trigger warnings for domestic abuse and also for self-harm. And and like it can be really upsetting in parts but on the whole it's just simply gorgeous it um the story spans across several years and I really loved the simple but like very effective way that time passed over all those years but as the reader you're like immediately brought up to speed and you you don't feel like you've missed anything and you're Mm. very much still in all three of these people's lives because it switches between the three of them um it doesn't have speech marks it's one of those but it's very easy because, like, it's a new line for each character speaking. Ah, nice so and simple. Not, not a different Not one. Sally Rooney style. Yeah. And, yeah, it just it's really hard to put down because it switches between the three and and because you just care about them so much you want to know what's going on. So, it's I mean, it was... not too long either, is it? No, no. It's like a really standard paperback, but probably like three, yeah, about 400 pages. Mm. Um, it was the Costa Book Awards winner in 2020. Um, which I think is what maybe like led me like put it on my radar so thank you Costa. yeah um I remember pre the days of Bookster I used to look at the Costa list and the Richard and Judy list to figure out what book I wanted to read because Richard and Judy always choose thrillers so we would like always end up reading Richard and Judy's books yeah that's a really good point um yeah I'm pretty sure on my review when I posted it I put like if you have been waiting to read this book. This is your sign. Like it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. This is another one that's in my top 10 of the year. Oh, very, wow. very easily. I've, I've brought out the big dogs for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you should for your showstopper. Well, exactly. Um, brilliant. Well, I now have one for you, Jess. Oh, <laughs> um, and we haven't planned this bit, but let's no. just go ad hoc. Okay. Let's go true technical style. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> I'm unprepared. Um, which book have you read that has a soggy bottom? Nobody um, likes a soggy bottom. And I'm kind of thinking if this means like an ending that kind of let you down. That's exactly how I just took it. I was going to ask you, is this an ending <laughs> or a whole book? So I guess an end. I mean, I did just recently talk about Magpie, where an ending let me down. <laughs> Can yeah. I reuse that? It's on my mind still. Yeah, I think it. I think it would make sense. Yeah. What's your soggy bottom? Um, in true Lauren style, I have asked you a question. Lauren. <laughs> um. Okay. No, well, I've got a question for you then. All right. Go on. Which one is a book? You know, when they say like substance over style. What is oh, yeah. where the cover is sublime, but the book was pretty crap? Oh, I'm going to have to say. I might even go actually with Go Set a Watchman by Harper Lee, mm-hmm. supposedly. Oh, you talked because about it that just in the me... audiobook episode. Yeah, it just let yeah. me down a little bit and I had high expectations for it had the same cover really as to kill a mockingbird but it just mm. let me down good one okay and what book out of 
your three would you give yes. a Paul Hollywood handshake to? Easy. Great circle. I was going to say you did talk about that one for the longest, so I was pretty sure you were going to go that that one. <laughs> so does that mean that's the one you want to win the booker over Clara? And the yeah. Sun? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. There was just so much to it. Yeah. What about you? Which one gets your Hollywood handshake? Gender games. Yeah. It's so marvellous. So good. Yeah. Something and it's something everyone should read as well. Yeah. Hundred percent. Open everybody's minds. Okay, I got another question for you. Oh. Who do you want to win this season of Bake Off? Who do I want to win? Is it obvious if I say Jurgen? He's he just so cute when he does so that little face. Cute. <laughs> and his stance. Why does he stand with his so feet wide. so far apart? Um, I do like um Christelle. Well, she's my my horse. When as soon as Bake Off starts, before they've even done a challenge, me and my yeah. boyfriend both pick a horse to back for the series. <laughs> and I chose Christelle and he chose Giuseppe. And they've Ooh, both recently been like Star Bakers. And they've really good. upped their games recently really as well, have. haven't they? Yeah. Um, oh, it's so exciting. It's just so tense. But I'm also like, I don't want it to go a bit slower. So yeah. I really miss it when it's not here. But also, now that it's on for an hour and a half, that does feel very long. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Like, I def- it held my attention more when it was only an hour or an mm. hour 15 or whatever it was. But also, I do love it. And not, it gives me a little dose of Noel Fielding now that I can't just watch Mighty Boosh every day. So that's always nice. I do nice. love him. I do love him. <laughs> and I love seeing what he does with his hair each week. That week when he had it in a ponytail, I was unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how I felt about that one, actually. I just, I, my favourite was the week that he was um, accidentally dressed as Where's Wally. Loved it. Loved it. Great. All right. 10 out well, of 10 for It's on tonight. We're going to, we've decided we're going to put this episode out on Tuesday instead of our usual Wednesday. Woohoo. Because it's Bake Off Day. That is what Tuesday should be renamed. Yeah. Bake Whenever I finish teaching my Tuesday evening yoga class, I'm like, and now everyone enjoy watching Bake Off <laughs> oh god what are you going to say in a few weeks time when it ends I know I don't know I'm going to really <laughs> the theme for this month's Books That Matter box is main character moment and includes a hardback copy of The Startup Wife by Tamima Annam it's also full of goodies my favourite being the socks that say main character moment I like to strut around the house and then so if you'd like to win a box this month, there are two ways to enter. If like me, you listen on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, leave a rating and review and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and screenshot and share on your Insta tagging at Book Records if you count your entry that way. Entries for the November box close on Monday the 29th of November and will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 1st of December. If you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry. It's a monthly competition, so still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever box it is at the time. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.